This is Working the Beat. It is Sunday, May 1st, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Along with Mike Kern. Give me what you can Hope you had a good weekend. It was a fun weekend. Interesting weekend. Uh, busy weekend. Uh, if you want to get through all the local sports teams, and that's what we will do on this show. We'll try to hit three of the four. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Flyers talk on this one. Um, Who? Yeah. Um, but we'll talk Sixers, obviously. Preview their series against the Heat. Talk a little Joel Embiid. Obviously, he's going to miss games one and two. Woj coming out today and saying he may be back for game three. That might be optimistic. Uh, but so that is a main story. We'll talk the Eagles draft a little bit. Phillies are in New York as we speak, playing the Mets on one of them great Sunday night baseball games that we all love, um, especially if you were a beat writer. Um, so a lot to get to. Mr. Kern, who played golf today, correct? Yeah. How was it? It was good. I, we went down uh, Renault Winery of the Vineyards uh, down towards the Jersey Shore. And um, I actually played fairly well. It was, it was, I played Thursday in, in those 50-mile-an-hour winds at, um, at um, an outing at Ben Salem that Coach Girardi got me into. That was brutal. My God, that was brutal. Jesus. Well, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to help me out here because I, I got about three months till Myrtle Beach and I got to start playing. <laughs> so, well, or you you know you don't have to play golf in Myrtle Beach. I understand, but I want to play a couple courses. So, there you go. Um, it's been a couple of years since I picked the clubs up too, so it's gonna be. Uh, I want I have to get out there if we're gonna do that. Anyway, you know they they do have chipping putts. I mean, you know whatever you would call them, par three. There's a couple of them down there, and they're actually kind of fun. Well, I may take my steps on the dem. He's trying to pick up the game too, and yeah, I was going to play. Right? There's actually down at the south end. I only noticed because we stay down there with my wife's friend. There's a really neat little par three course um, where all the holes are, you know, like a hundred yards, whatever they are. That I actually took people out last year who were learning to play for the first time. Right. Her friend, it's really enjoyable. Really. I I actually took. Um, well, I've got my three courses all set up. So there you go. I'm playing the. Both uh, two legends, Moreland and Heathland, and I'm gonna go play out at um up at Oyster Bay. So, Oyster Bay is one of my faves. Yeah, I, lie, I haven't Oyster- played there in a few years, but Oyster Bay is um pretty awesome. Definitely, uh, I like it. I, mean, I love yeah, it. I guess, yeah, it's all a matter of you know yeah. w- what it is, whatever. But um, I enjoy it. All right, so let's get to the Sixers. Obviously, they they survived Toronto. They blew them out in Game Six, so it's not a survival. But um, a little choppy, games four and five, play well in game six, um, mainly because James Harden played well. But that's not the story as we head into the series against the top seed in Miami. It is the status of Joel Embiid, who had an orbital bone fracture uh, with under four minutes left in game six with the lead at 29. Um, You know, and he has a minor concussion, so he's out for for at least the first two games. Like kind of... If Embiid doesn't, pull, I mean, what kind of a chance do you give him if Embiid's not back in game three or four at this point? Well, here, here's what you have to know. There's eight teams left in the playoffs. Before Embiid's injury, mm-hmm. the Sixers were the seventh favorite. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, that's just people setting odds, but I'm just trying to tell you what the public. Who, who was eighth? Up. Memphis? Yes. 
Uh, the Sixers went from, I think it was 12 to 1 or 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 with them beating. They're now like 28 to 1 or whatever they are. I saw, so, I saw the win the East. They were like 1,500 plus 1,500 to win the East at this point. Yeah, they, their, their odds went up like mm-hmm. significantly. But I mean, look, again, I would not have picked them to win the series with Embiid. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win it. It just means I think, you know, a long series, I just give the edge to Miami. That's me. Um, you know, so that the Cine could say, well, geez, if the Sixers play like they did in games one, two, and six, well, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, um, Miami may have some injury issues of their own. Well, yeah, Kyle Lowry is at least going to miss game one. Right, and, and, and Butler was nursing. Mm-hmm. But, again, some of the things they did, we see with series, like, for instance, so the Celts go out and beat the Nets in four, and, and hey, they're great. Well, then the Bucks go into Boston to, because the Bucks have a different set of people, uh-huh. different set of problems. So I don't think the Sixers – now, the Sixers went down to Miami. I know people will point to this and beat them without Embiid and Harden mm-hmm. late, rather late in the season. But I think it would be a, a – now, look, maybe Embiid comes back in game three, has the mask on his face, he's played with the mask before, and is great. I, I, you know, but we all forget that he's also sporting a bad thumb. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a tall order and, and that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, and again, it, it does two things. One, it gives them a crutch to say, well, we might've won with him or we could like, let's say they lose in six games. I'll, I'll just throw a number out six or seven. Well, the Sixers are going and all the fans in Philly are going to say, well, geez, if we had had, we would have won. Okay. Well, that's a natural thing to say. I get it. But once again, you don't get past the second round. Yeah. And then what it'll be is like, well, next year, and it probably means that Harden's going to sign some massive contract um, because that's what Maury wants. And, uh, you know, we'll come back next year and try to do it again. I don't know. Um, Did you have any problem with with Embiid being in the game with that lead? I have a problem with the coach trying to tell me how it's, it's never – it's really gotten ugly the way that it's become mm-hmm. – like, and I don't know why it's become ugly. I don't get this. Uh, but the one, the press conference before this where he got questioned about the three-to-ones. The three, yeah. And he actually said that he did a great, and I'm quoting him. With Orlando. coaching job. You know what? You don't say that. Yeah, it doesn't Greg matter Popovich, if you lose a 3-1 Greg Popovich lead. Popovich doesn't. No, all you had to say was, hey, we were the AC that year. You know, we, we got a 3-1 lead. Leave it at that. Well, this, what you gotta say. this you is to say. well. This is his latest. This is yesterday when asked. Oh, by, I, yeah, I heard it. Right yeah. when ha- asked by Howard Eskin, here's the quote uh, from Doc Rivers about why was Joe Allen beat up in the game? They were up 29 with under four to play. Well, it wasn't four minutes left in 29 point okay, the one. He scored the bucket to make it 29. Okay. And uh, in the playoffs, just. So everyone knows, so we cannot talk about blame and, and talk about winning this next series. I'm about to answer that, all right? Um, because everyone was in. You know, the other team had all their guys in, too. Um, the last five minutes of the game, we made the run the last minute of that game, uh, right before that. That's when we got up 29. Uh, after Jerome made the shot and did the airplane, if you watch the game, I turned and said, let's get, I'm calling a timeout on the next position. So... 
not upset that he was in. You can make that a big deal if you want, but uh, just go and look at every team and every game and their guys are in until about the fourth three-minute mark. That's what it is. That's the last game. Well, I mean, that, that, first of all, that's complete nonsense, okay? Okay, so maybe the lead was 29 after the Embiid shot. It has, were, it has nothing to do that with That has nothing to do with it. They were up 25, 26 most of the fourth quarter. So th- 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 that's garbage. That, that is flat-out garbage. If you were, Here's the problem. Doc, Doc, it's now become – now, here's the problem. The problem is the Sixers have blown leads, mm-hmm. okay? And we've questioned him about blown leads and blown leads in the playoffs last year. But a blown lead is like they weren't going to lose that game. Okay, because the Raptors weren't going to outscore them thirty to zero or thirty six to six in the final four minutes. So that's but but I don't know if Doc was reacting to that. I don't know if Doc was ready to take him out. Maybe he was. And, but if you're going to take him out, then you should tell Joel to get the hell away from the guy driving to the basket. I don't know. I mean, it happens. It's it's a basketball. It's a basketball play. play. Sometimes it happens. I'm not convinced it was dirty. Um, I don't think it was. Maybe it was. Who? I, I don't but, think. But it was. yeah, okay. Uh, I don't need my center when you're up twenty nine. And, and I had somebody text me and go, "Well, they blew three twenty point leads last year against Atlanta. It wasn't with three minutes to go. It was literally almost mathematically impossible." No, they they, they the twenty five point lead they blew in the game four. Was I think middle, it was the game five, middle of the third quarter. Right. The sixteen point lead, I believe, was early fourth fourth quarter. quarter. Yep. So that's all bullshit. Uh, but that's okay. Look, Doc, look, Doc, anytime somebody challenges Doc about something, he's going to challenge back. That's what he does. And, and if that's the way he wants to do look, he can defend himself all he wants. I'm not saying it's always fair when we say to him, hey, I mean, he's kind of right about Orlando. They're the eighth seed. Okay, I get it. But to, when have you ever heard anybody talking about themselves? Well, well, and then use like the word, use the word great. Look at look at the the roster. He's like, well, go look at my roster. He had Tracy McGrady. It wasn't like he had schlubs. I understand that, and point. it wasn't the Detroit team that ended up going and winning the finals. That was a year or two yeah. later. The the point it's it's look. It, the point is the point is the point. Um, it, it, you can't. I, I had no problem with Doc like trying to say, hey, you got you know, tell the, but don't use the word great as in I coached great. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, no, you lo- you lose mm-hmm. me right there. You lose me. And to quote Doc, Pop would never say that. No. And, but, you know, well, but then right. again, he's got five rings. And, so, and, and, and this is the question that is going to be decided after the series. And you mentioned how the Embiid injury kind of gives them a building crutch if it does. They get knocked out. Yeah. But does that mean that the head coach is back next year? That could be I, two I separate questions. Coach, I don't I don't think my personal opinion, I don't think the coach is going anywhere. Unless the coach wants to go somewhere, well, that, but that's the that's I guess the better question. Does the well, coach want to go doc. somewhere? That's right, not, but that's not a Sixers. He, decision. No, but he's acting like a guy who necessarily. Well, that's fine, but that's not. That's a separate question, Kevin. No, if I he know. Wants to go, if he wants to go to the Lakers for whatever reason, go. I mean, I, the Sixers can't stop him. I guess unless they. Well, they, they enforce the they, contract, right? Well, uh, yeah, I think at this point they probably won, but that's okay. But from a Sixers standpoint. I think if they had lost to Toronto, yes, maybe. I think Maury likes more. I mean, obviously Maury liked him because he hired him. Um, well, no, he didn't hire him. Oh, I thought he was the guy that hired. No, him. 
No, that was before everything happened. No, that was a Josh. That was a Josh Harris hire. And then what? Maury came right after that. And then Maury came right after it. Okay, okay, I get. No, I, I don't think. Look, I don't think if you're the Sixers and you lose this series, unless there's a reason, unless like Joel goes into the management and says, "I don't think this coach is working," um, or Harden, or Harden, I then I don't think anything happens. And and I I just don't know if J- James Harden could be treading a thin line if he goes in and does something like that because it would be the third time in three years that he's done that. Um, Not that maybe he cares or not that maybe it matters, but I I think if I was betting right now, if if I had to bet one way or another that they lose to the Heat, uh, I mean, maybe if they lose in four games, it leaves a bad time. I don't know. But I would bet that Doc's going to be back, barring something, you know, catastrophic that I'm not seeing. Um... And they're going to say, hey, we got Harden now for the whole offseason. We're going to tour our team. Uh, he's probably going to get the contract. He's Incru- probably going to get- improve the bench step. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, the pathway is there. Now it's a it's a short window. Well, you got to tell me how you're going to do it, though. Well, I mean, we can sit here all we want now. If Harden, it would involve I having mean, to get rid of Tobias at this point. Well, that's wonderful. But somebody's got to pick up Tobias's contract. Yeah. And, and what you trade to buy is for has to be within like 15% of that contract. So, yeah, but he becomes more movable now because of the because of the Toronto series. Let's be honest. I, I, but, Kevin, I, I, that's wonderful. Right. But you're a team that's going to take on $35 million for another couple of years yeah. um, for a guy who's, who averages 16 a game or whatever it is he averages. I mean, and then again, you got to get pieces back that's mm-hmm. going to be in the – I don't know. It's not helped me Sixers month out there. Um, you know, and then you don't have a draft pick, so you're not you don't have a draft pick, so you're not going to be able to pick up a Maxi or somebody like that, you know, or anybody. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and if you give Harden, I mean Harden from the, the way I understand it, if they if he signs a one year contract, which I think well, they have, if they if if he agrees to the one year like option. Is the term there is an but who, option? Who, who's but whose choice is that? Him or the team? It's a mutual. Okay, and that's for forty-five million, right? Or 47 yes, million. Forty-seven. Okay. Do you think he's going to want a one-year contract? You know, <sighs> he's thirty-three years old. I think he would want a, an extension, but I also think that he would. I, I think what you said about the fact that he's already walked out on three, basically three teams. Or it would be his third team he would be walking out on. And what if his knee goes tapioca next year? Uh, I I He's know thirty three years know, old, Mike. I know what you're saying. I agree, but I also think that he has to tread a fine line too because the market's not going to be there that he thinks may be there for him. At Daryl Morey wanted what in this world? He wanted James he Harden. It. Yeah. Well, he ain't going to. He ain't going to. Yeah, but this is but this is where the owner may have to step in and go. No, 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 no. Well, we're not going you, you five don't, years. You don't think they? You we're not going five years with this guy. No. Well, that's I, fine. But then you risk having a disgruntled James Harden next year, and that's the last thing that you want is a disgruntled aging guy whose game is changing, who you have to depend upon to be your second. This guy. is a, this is a bigger picture question for this organization um why are they always at the center of this drama always head coach 
players, GM. Franchises are like that. What, what, you know, you have you have a center who is injured a lot, who had to grow up. Uh, they, they've become to, the Buddy Eagles is basically what they've become. You I see mean, the look, talent, but it's not because you had Ben Simmons. I mean, it's you not have, just you Ben, have, but go ahead. You have I a, know. No, but you had you factor it all in. You had the, I mean, the GM was goofy. Um, Burner yeah, accounts. There's of, yeah, there's a lot of goofy parts, and James Harden is not an ungoofy part. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not painting him as some wackadoodle, but I mean, it is a guy that left, forced his way out of Houston, forced his way out of Jersey, which seemed like it was mutual, and and now is trying to you know play a game. He's not the guy that scores 35 a game. No. Yeah, that's just. But he's trying to do the best he can, I guess, under the circumstances and. You know, he had 15 assists the other night and 20 points. So, I mean, but he, he may not be that. Look, they had to get him. It was the only trade that made sense mm-hmm. to Daryl Morey. So, you know, I can't fault them for that. The problem is now you either have to pay him mm-hmm. or lose him. They're, they're, these are your two choices. So, I don't know. Um. All right, so that's the Sixers. All right, do they win the series? Hey, I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't have picked them if if Joe if Joe was healthy. I would have said like Heat and six or seven. Um, now I, I think the Sixers could still take it. You know, I mean, if Joe's going to come back, you know, for a home game, you know, they could take it six games, maybe. Sure. Yeah, but I, I would win. say I would say Miami and five is probably the more likely pick at this point. Well, I mean, look, if Joe comes back and play, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Did, l- listen, Kevin. This is Philadelphia, okay? This is the same town that was writing the Sixers off when they were up 3-2, okay? Mm-hmm. If they go down there and win game one, let's just say, now we just saw the Bucks win game one, right? Whatever. They're playing without me. What if the Sixers go down there and win one of those two games? Do you think anybody will be saying, and Joe's coming back? No. No. Yeah, it, it, everybody will be saying, hey, the Sixers, okay, fine. Yeah. So I'm going to go six. I'll, I'll, I'll say six Miami. I'll go five. I'll just... You know, I, I, I'll error a little more pessimistically at this point. Um, all right, so that's the Sixer story. Let's get to the Eagles. Um, obviously, you know, a big weekend with the draft. Um, they passed on Kyle Hamilton and took Jordan Davis, uh, moved up to get him. Uh, and then, obviously, the the biggest moves, move was the trade, uh, the 18th, the 18th pick in the first round, late third rounder to Tennessee to get AJ Brown, who is a premier wide receiver. Uh, you know he's a one. You know, and so it slots them well. Um, so I guess your your initial snapshot to what the to what the Eagles did this weekend. Well, look, I mean they moved up. I I mean in a perfect world, if if they hadn't made the trade, the age the Brown trade, I would have liked the guy from uh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good. Now he might not have helped them this year nearly as much as it. And as he Brown went to pick did. before that, so. Well, he went twelve, right? But I don't think the Eagles had moved up to get him. No, I think this I think was for Eagles, Davis. Yeah, and they wanted to get ahead of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll see. I mean, look, he was he was he was a Lombardi winner or whatever winner, the Buckus winner, um, whatever the defensive award goes to, playing for one of the best defenses ever. But he only played 25 snaps a game. So, you know, I think he's. I think this means the Eagles are going to play more 3-4 than 4. I mean, they're going to incorporate a 3-4 into their right. system. 
And he's that guy in the middle that can, you know, but I mean, you can't argue with the Brown trade. I mean, look, they got a premier wide receiver. Uh, I, I can't argue with that at all. He's 25 years old or whatever he is. He got him for four years. The problem is, you know, who's throwing to him? Right. You know, that, that could be the problem. But uh, the second round pick, I think maybe this is a sign that Kelsey might have gone to somebody and said, hey, I think next year might be my last year. Now, he said that before. This is Cam Jurgens, the center from right. Nebraska. Because if Kelsey's going to play another couple years, then this pick doesn't make sense. Um, well, well, and it, it's strange. It was strange to me because Landon Dickerson was picked out of Alabama to kind of be the Kelsey. Yeah, but I think they like. But the now they want to put him a guard. I think they like the way he played guard. And um, oh, your boy just went deep. Um, I have so many boys, Michael. Uh, who? Uh, Schw- I think it's a Schwarber. Schwarber, second uh, homer against Scherzer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he had one earlier in the game. Yep. Okay. Well, he's got another. Um. The uh, I I think they like the way Dick uh, played guard this year, and now there's some people that don't think this guy can play guard. He's strictly a center. There's some that think maybe he can. I don't know, uh, but it's going to be weird if Kelsey plays the next two yeah. years. Um, and and the Kobe Dean is the weird one because he's a guy who was projected first round. The medicals apparently have scared people off, and the fact that he's a little undersized that inside linebacker. But he was one of the best. I think he was the defensive player of the year in the SEC. I mean, I don't. He's very. Look, he's very good. He's people, and and then again, it's like you know what you are at the college level is not always what you are at the pro level. But I agree. I mean, this guy has, you know, if if, if he turns out to be a decent player, very good player, whatever, then it was a steal. If it turns out that he's the cornerback from Washington. Mm-hmm. From a few years ago, well, I mean, I went by, look, I was thinking the Eagles should take him in the second round. Yeah. Okay, when they had pick 51. So by the time it got to them in the third round, I couldn't believe he was still on the board. board. I think you have to take that chance. And there was a couple chances for them to go for Malik Wills, uh, a couple of the quarterback. Uh, no, but no, but they chose no. they cho- Sam Howell. No. Um, they chose to stay away. And so that kind of tells you where their mind is on uh, Jalen Hurts. No, I don't think it has anything to do For with For this Jalen year, Hurts. at least. I think it just told you, as 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 other NFL teams told you by where those guys got drafted, that they're very unsure of all these guys. Now, could one or two of them turn out to be decent? Sure. Right. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. Um, but I think what the Eagles are putting all their eggs in the basket is, okay, we'll let Jalen play this year. We'll see what we got, mm-hmm. and next year there's quarterbacks in the draft. The problem is, and you know, you got you might have to get real high to get one of those quarterbacks. But yeah. look, how, how he how he always thinks he can do everything, and so, he's got the two first rounders. So he's got two first rounders. Now, can you get up to get you know Chase Young or the guy from Ohio State or somebody else that emerges, or, or I, yeah, or a vet who may want to get traded? I mean, you know, yeah. the, you know, with the weapons now here with Brown and Smith. And Goddard, they are appealing to a quarterback at this point, and their line well, is good in front of them. The worst thing that can happen to the Eagles this year, in my humble opinion, is that let's say they win eleven games. I, I haven't even looked at the schedule. Then you're well. Care. The schedule's coming out next week. I know you're. Well, they you're won nine up for games that. last year, and they've they, they've improved 
at some positions. They haven't. They 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 still need secondary help. I think. Um, the division's better though. The division might, yeah, but the Cowboys, no, no team has repeated since no. 2004. But let's just say they win 10 games or 11 mm. games. Okay. They improve a game or two. Well, and Jalen plays okay. He's not great, but he's not bad. Then what do you do? And I don't have an answer. I, I Yeah, that's where, that's where the, the, that's the tough part. And this that's is the where, tough part. and this is where, this year is going to be fascinating to me because they've clearly given him weapons and they've kind of clearly said, okay, show us what you got. Well, they gave him three, Kevin. They only, they gave him. Well, no, no, but they have, you have Smith. What's your running back situation? Well, I, 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 they're going to go with Sanders and hope that this is. Okay. They gave him one weapon. They gave him AJ Brown, which is a good weapon. Nothing else has changed. The, 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 the other receivers are still the other receivers. Um, well, Smith is pretty good. No, I'm not counting and, him. And, I'm, well, I'm, but, but you, I'm, saying saying God, get, I'm saying no, you have Goddard, they, Smith, and Kevin, Brown now. You just said they gave him weapons. They gave him one. It's a good weapon. I'm not knocking the weapon, but don't make it sound like they've got, you know, like all of a sudden Rager's good, all of a sudden Quez Watkins. No, Rager's probably not going to be here, but that's a whole different right. story. But all I'm saying is, yes, they 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 put. Now here's a, here's another question. Let's say you're the Eagles mm-hmm. and you start off two and three, and Jalen doesn't look good in that two and three. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? You playing Minshaw in game six? I don't see a way that Gardner Minshew plays okay, any but game for trying, this team unless somebody's hurt. But they're trying hurt. to win, Kevin. They're trying to win this year. This year was a free year. This year was a free year. Nobody had any expectations for them except for them, and they won nine games and made the playoffs and got killed in the playoffs, but that's okay. Next year, they are fully expected, now with A.J. Brown, I would think, mm-hmm. to be a playoff team again. I would think. Maybe win the division. So if things aren't going well for whatever reason – and the quarterback is maybe one of the reasons. Well, are you just going to keep playing the quarterback? I don't know. Let me get back to the Jordan Davis thing. And sure. I I was pretty vocal. I wanted them to take Hamilton. And I know they don't take safeties. But I felt it was a position of need. They needed another play. They need somebody else in that defensive backfield who can make plays. And they don't really have them except for um uh the 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 corner from uh who they got from Detroit and I'm yeah blank, blanking uh, it Slay Slay they have Darius Slay and that's about it and they didn't take any other D backs in the whole draft which is weird which tells me that they're probably they're they're hoping to get Tyron Matthew I would assume yeah but some other teams in, it, it apparently is really the trying Saints, hard the Saints them. are trying really hard to get yeah. them as well and you get the only other thing is. The, the defensive backs that might have been left in round, like they they traded all their fifth round picks, I think, but they might have not been any good. So just because they didn't take D backs late, that know, doesn't mean just, yeah. You don't just take D backs to say you got D backs, right? Take, and I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, yeah. my my fear, and, and look, Bob Ford, our buddy, you know, said on Twitter the other night, "Would you make this big a deal about it if he if he went somewhere else other than Notre Dame?" I'm like. I, I'm that strongly, I believe, that this kid's going to be an all-pro. And uh, it's maybe because I've seen him a lot, because I watch every Notre Dame game, 
that I love the way he plays. And my fear with Jordan Davis is he is not an every down player. And yeah, but the, it, it, Bob Ford's right though. If the kid didn't go to Notre Dame, you wouldn't would I have been if he played at Iowa or NC State? Would I be as familiar? No, no. You want, and, no. and his stock did drop. I yeah, mean, because he didn't that, hit the measurables that most safeties right. do. And I'm right. not saying that's right or wrong. I thought the same thing you thought. I when I saw what happened, but they obviously wanted this guy, mm-hmm. and this guy's a very good player. I mean, everybody says this guy is a run stopper. He's a and yes, there are questions, but there's also questions about the safety. Yeah, I I, I would have. I think if I was doing the picking, I might have taken the safety, but. Again, uh, you know, it's also not their philosophy. And I, I in hindsight, yeah. I should figure that in yeah. with what I don't understand about them. And, th- and I, I understand, but I don't understand when you cut Cox and you cut Barnett. Mm-hmm. Why did you resign them? Because you got them cheaper. I don't care. That's not the point. You basically were saying these guys, one guy's at the end of his career. Well, Fletcher Cox also is making $18 million, so he is a cap hit, big time. I, I'm just saying. Okay, no, I know I know what you're saying, and I'm saying I, it's it, weird. Yeah. They needed a safety. Um, I mean, it was a, I think it was a bigger need than the middle. That's me. But again, you know, and they both could turn out to be all pro-type yeah, they players. Could. Absolutely. Um, but that's just me. I I like the kid from Notre Dame. But, you know, I'm, it's hard to argue with a kid that was on the best defense. You know, they got 15 players drafted. Not all of them are going to be good, not, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, it's – it's. I, I knew as soon as they didn't take the safety that that was going to be a, you know. Uh, and three years from now, if the Notre Dame safety – who did he get drafted by? Uh, name, he got Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and he might flourish in Baltimore, you know? I mean, who knows? Um, but Baltimore, from what we are led to believe, wanted the kid from Georgia, too. Two. You know, they would have taken the kid from Georgia ahead of the of the safety also. But I don't know what there's, you know, I'm just saying is that Baltimore, the Eagles moved up because they, they thought that Baltimore was going. So to move up to take the safety would have mm-hmm. made no sense. They probably should have just stayed where they were then. And hope that some they hope that one of them fell to him, but you know, I you know, <coughs> I thought it was a solid uh, look. I can't complain. It is funny we all talk about all these draft picks that Howie had and all that. They ended up drafting six players, five players, right? But you got you got Brown, but you also got Brown in it as well. Yeah. In fact, thank you for reminding. And me. you picked up and you picked up stuff for next year. Right. Thank you for so rem- you have to you have to factor that in. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like we, we all we heard all win. Oh, they got this. They got all this shit. Well, no. But if your top three, if if Brown, uh, the defensive lineman, who I don't think might not be as big of an impact this year because Cox is still here, whatever. Uh, and your and and the Kobe turns out to be, you know, if they if they turn out to be good players, you're not going to care that they didn't draft set, uh, three more guys. In yeah, the fifth round. I mean, you got Davis, you have uh, Jurgens, you have Dean, you have John Kyron Johnson, who's an inside linebacker from Kansas, who's a six rounder. Who look him and Grant Calcaterra are both shots in the dark at this point. So they're all shots in the dark, right? But Kelsey was a shot in the dark. I th- but um, I think um, I think if the one this draft may hinge on, well, it's going to hinge on 
on Davis, but Dean is going to be interesting. That that'll be one that'll get a lot of microscope as we get the training camp. Yeah, but but if he doesn't pan out, everybody will just say, "Yeah, he was a medical." That's all. I mean, yeah. they took a shot. Eighty-two other teams had a shot to take him and didn't, or eighty-two picks. I think this draft, to me, is about one thing: AJ Brown, wide receiver. Yeah, that's it. And the, which, the rest of them, if the rest of them, if if a couple of those other guys turn out to be pretty good players, that's great. But if Let's say that the, the nose tackle isn't great. Let's say he's just okay. Right. But Brown is is an all-pro receiver here for the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. Then then it was a good draft. In fact, here is Howie Roseman on Thursday night talking about A.J. Brown and how the trade came about. Um, the, the trade was contingent on us getting an extension. Um, so something we were working on during the course of the draft and, um, we were just kind of trying to balance, um, finishing that. And if we didn't finish that, making sure we also got the right players. Um, but it didn't matter. There were shoes on the board, you know, for us, um, AJ Brown was somebody that, um, We'd studied coming out and uh, spent a lot of time on, and we had a lot of love for AJ Brown in that draft. Um, obviously, you know things went a different way in that draft, but I'm really excited to get him. Um, just in terms of uh, how Coach can use him and his vision for AJ Brown in this offense, and uh, how he complements the other guys that we have here. And um, as you guys may or may not know, his relationship with our quarterback. Um, you know, all all exciting things, and I'm looking forward to getting him into Philadelphia. All right, so that is Howie Roseman talking about A.J. Brown. I did find it it's weird with the Titans, and I know we don't – most of America doesn't focus on the Tennessee Titans, okay? Let's be honest. But the Titans are trying to throw back football to the 1950s where they're going to build everything around Derrick Henry. and Well, to, only for so long. Right. But, but to see them – let a guy who I think everybody believes is a top four running back, five running yeah, back. Yeah, but didn't they take a, a wide receiver in the draft? Oh, they did. But but he's obviously – but they are – well, they're not convinced on Tannehill. I think he's in the last year of his contract. Um, or yeah, But that has nothing to do with it, Kevin. You're, you, they, what Tennessee told you is they didn't want to pay a wide receiver what the Eagles are paying him, and they're going to play a younger guy. We saw Kansas City do the same thing. There's been five or six wide receivers traded this offseason who are all making a lot of money. Devontae Adams was one, obviously. Yeah. Tyreek so, Hill. So, yeah. So, are the Packers going back to 1950s ball? I mean, no. It's a, it's an economic decision that they made for whatever reasons. It, it's, you know, the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. How can the Chiefs trade Tyreek Hill? Because they have Nicole Hart. They have like no 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 no. But they had a luxury there that they could actually like. But Tyreek Hill is the maybe is the best one. I get it. Look at what Buffalo just decided to give their wide receiver. They didn't trade him, but they could have. Um, Diggs, right? When Devontae Adams is getting moved, something's not. You know, basically, I think some teams are just saying that these outrageous numbers that these wide receivers are getting is like, wow, really. So, you know, so if the Eagles prosper by this, you know, I mean, you know, that's up, you know. And and by the way, we should point out the guaranteed portion of the contract is 57 million. Everybody talks that that 100 million. Yeah. The 57 is the big number. And while not, you know, it's not pocket lint. Well, you're hoping that he's going to make the 100 million. Yeah. 
So or yeah. or or, or he'll re- knowing Howie, he'll renegotiate, take the lower, uh, take a lower cap hit, extend it out. Still a lot of money. And it then is. The problem is two years from now, Smith is going to want that. You would this think. is the problem. The problem with the world is, it's like the Sixers. So two years from now, Maxie's going to walk in and demand what? Uh, he's going to demand a big money. He's going to okay. demand. A, uh, well, yeah, you got to pay him. You do, or you got to move somebody. Yep. This is the this is sports in the twenty whatever we are twenty twenty two. Well, and, and the problem the problem it's different in the NFL because it's basically a hard cap that you can't. Right. You can't. There's no like franchise exemption exception like you have in the NBA where you could go above the cap to keep your own guys. Yeah, but the owner the owner isn't going to want to be paying four guys. Max, you know, thirty-five million dollars a year, and that's what it's getting to, Uh and Uh that's the price of doing business. I mean, um, but we—I've never seen an off-season like this with wide receivers. I've never remember anything about quarterbacks. Yes, I—I understand. Quarterback was this year too, and that's outrageous too. But the wide when wide receivers are making twenty-five, thirty million dollars a year, I mean that's. You know, that, that's a lot of money. And if you have two or three good wide receivers, then yeah. you got to make decisions, like you said, like Kansas City did. Buffalo decided to keep their guy, um, probably because they haven't won yet. Kansas City's won, and, they're, and they can figure, hey, maybe we'll, you know. Who was the other wide? There was another wide receiver that got traded that was really good. Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't, you know. And now Cooper Cup just said to the Rams, "Hey, you know, I I don't need a hundred million, but you know, yeah, just give me some some money. So whatever. Um, let me uh, before. And we... if the quarterback can't throw to the guy, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. I mean, did some guy? Uh, one of the um, the Hasselbacks made a really good point the other day on the TV. Probably Tim. Yeah. Okay. It probably was, but he said Jalen Hurts lost his job at Alabama." Because he couldn't throw. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. That's why Tua became the quarterback. Yeah. Okay? He, he will lose his job in Philadelphia if he does lose his job mm-hmm. because he can't throw. Yeah. What don't people understand about Jalen Hurts? I love him. I love his leadership. He's a, he makes things happen with his feet. And he has moments. when he, But he can't throw the football nope. well enough to be an NFL quarterback that's going to take you to deep into playoffs. We all know that, but we all sit here and think, well, he'll get better. Yeah. You don't just get better throwing the football. No. Tell me the guy who's gotten better throwing the football who's then going on and made a Super Bowl or something. Can't. No. Can't. But, but people in Philadelphia will call in the talk radio and tell you how that's going to happen. Whatever. Uh, I love Jalen. I'm rooting for Jalen. Yeah. God bless him. By the way, let me uh, let me take this time as we're wrapping up our Eagles discussion uh, to remind you that on Monday night over at the Double Tree used to be the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hill. The Philadelphia. No, I think it's called the Cherry Hill Hotel now. It's the Cherry Hill Hotel. I thought I it was. I think a Double that's Tree. the name of it. Okay, I, I think yeah, it's okay. the hotel formerly known as the Graham, uh the Crown Plaza. Yeah, on um, Route 70. On Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Uh, Philadelphia Sports Writers Association will have their annual banquet normally in January or February. This year pushed back to May for obvious reasons. Um, it is going to be a event that will honor uh, the history of Philadelphia sports. Um, Carly Lloyd will be there. Dick Vermeil, Ron Jaworski, Paul Palmer, uh, Mark, Mark Howe, 
Bill Barber, Jim and Joe Watson, Doug Collins, Phil Martelli, Fran Dunphy, Larry Boa, Dickie Knowles, uh, a pretty star-studded dais. Uh, Teresa Grintz, uh, who's in the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame, will be there as well. Uh, so if you uh, – Mike will be there. Um, I am trying to get there. Uh <laughs> The uh, Philadelphia Sports Writers, AffiliateSportsWriters.com. If you want to buy tickets at the last minute here, uh, tickets are $95. Uh, you'll have a good time. And, uh, Mike, you know, you've been to a million of these. Um, tell the people what they're going to see. Well, they're going to they're gonna see some of the best athletes ever to play in Philadelphia. Uh, it's a little different this year, obviously, because of we had to push it back four months, and we didn't have one last year. Um, and I don't think we have one, I guess, two years, right? Um, uh, yeah, we did 20, so 21. Oh, that's right, because yeah. COVID didn't hit till, till Yeah, March, right before right? right before the bell, if you will, in 20. Right. Um, this is the night. I mean, this and, is the and, look, 117th banquet, we should point out. And probably you'll have a chance to get some autographs if that's your thing. Um, it'll probably be a little bit smaller crowd than usual because of the time of year and, and you know, trying to put it on late. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you've never been to one, uh, three or four of my friends are gone. They've been to, to them before. It's a nice night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it and it and it'll be a little bit more intimate than usual. And uh, like I said, you probably a very good opportunity to get a Markow autograph or a Dick Vermeil autograph or just shake their hand and say hi. I mean, you know, you don't have to do the autograph thing. Um, and I think it'll be a lot more um, uh, intimate. Yeah, like like lighthearted. Is that a right good word? Um, yeah. Than, than normal, when, you know, when we would have maybe, you know, more people on the dais or more whatever, more award winners. But it'll it'll be fun. And uh, then you can go home and watch the end of the Sixers game. And the most uh, courageous athlete, which is always the final award of the night, always a, a, a tearjerker. And I don't even, I don't have the faintest idea who that no, is. No, I don't this year. That is the best. It's, it's what sets our banquet apart. Yep. And it's we've been doing it for like 120 years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, if you've never been, it's probably worth going and this year is probably a good year to go actually. Yep. PSWA banquet at gmail.com. If you're looking to get, uh, some late tickets, Marie Wozniak is the ticket person. She will, uh, she will hook you up, uh, with tickets if you can go. Um, and also if you're uh, interested, I'm sure we can, you can buy them at the door as well. And I think dinner starts at six 30. Uh, they have cocktails at five dinner at six, six. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure. Okay. So that is the, uh, that is the story on the sports writer banquet. Try to get over there if you can. Um, I know I'm trying, I have some school stuff tomorrow, but, uh, gonna see how, uh, things, things go. Uh, Phillies. Uh, obviously are playing as we speak. Uh, had a good week. You know, swept the Rockies. Got no hit on Friday. Um, bounced back last night. Schwarber has been really strong with the bat. Um, you know, the Mets are playing really well right now, but the Phillies are still kind of hanging in there and, and playing decent ball. And their bullpen has been lights out to this point. So, uh, Well, they did have the highest DRA in the baseball about a week ago. What the bull, so, the bullpen? Yeah, yeah, but their bullpen in the last no, I know two I weeks know, I, has I been know. great. Yeah, I get it, but look, it's it's March first. Can we all just calm May first? 
May first, please, please, can we calm down, people? Come on. Well, you you want to see pro- you want to see kind of where they are. That's all. But here's the problem, Kevin. You can't treat baseball like football. Oh no, you you. But that's what people do. That's a week ago they come off the road trip and oh this team stinks. They're not hitting. They're not. So they play the Rockies at home four games, and I was there Monday, and the Rockies stink. Even though they beat the Phillies two out of three in Colorado. Yeah, and Brian's obviously well. not playing for they them right stink. now. So. So the Phillies sweep them, and everybody's, ah. Oh. Then they get no hit on Friday, and everybody's like, oh. It's one game. It's one loss. They all count the same. So beating the Rockies is important because you all got to count them up, and they're all going to count. But let's just take a step back. The Phillies are going to win, folks, 85, 86, 87, somewhere in there. Will it be good enough? I don't know. Will will they be good enough to beat the Mets for the division if that's what it comes down to? I don't know. You know, the Mets are probably a better team than them. I don't know. The Braves seem like they have a little bit of that hangover thing going on, but that's okay because they got a ring. It doesn't matter. Um, I think if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, it won't be good. You know, but that's me. And they've got, look, they've got a softball team. Yeah. It's what they've got. And that's and Slow that's fine. And if the if the DH wasn't in baseball in the National League this year, they probably wouldn't have constructed their team like this. Mm-hmm. But they their p- pitching is they're a good team. They're they're not they're not a bad team. They're not a great team. They're a good team that's going to win more games than they're going to lose. And what that's going to mean in the final analysis, I'm I mean, if you put a gun to my head right now, I say they're going to make the playoffs. Now, the Giants and the Dodgers are probably going to make the playoffs, right? And the Padres could. Yeah, but we said that last year about the Padres. Yeah, they're they they're pretty good right Uh-oh. now. St. Louis is, is probably going to be in, right? Because they're probably going to win. No, I don't think that's a given. I think Milwaukee's going to win the division. Okay, so one of those two teams, right? All right. Now, could one of those two teams be a wild card? They could. They, okay. And then you got the Mets and the Phillies and maybe Atlanta. We don't know about Atlanta. Second place uh, right now is the Miami Marlins, Mike. The Miami's not bad. No. They're, 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 they're a good young team. But I'm just saying, the, the Phillies are no given to make the playoffs. But they have the potential, I think, to be, you know, to be that. I mean, look, they got four or five guys on their team that might hit 25 to 30 home runs. Um, Their bullpen's better, like you said. It, it, it's not great but it's better than an historically bad bullpen the last two years. The manager still leaves you gasping a few times, but the starting pitching lately has, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Wheeler finally had a good outing, right? Yeah. Knowles had two good outings. Um, Gibson has been pretty good. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I still say, I think I said before the year, like 86, 87, that's still where I'm at. And again, I you got to tell me if 86 or 87 is going to, be enough for a wild card. Eighty six or eighty seven would, but I don't see. I still, I, I, I still worry about their defense. I still worry about their starting pitching long term. Yeah. Um, well, when I say eighty six or eighty seven, Kevin, that could be eighty three or eighty four. I mean, could be eighty one. No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I think if they go eighty one this year, I think that the owner might jump off a bridge well I, I, I well i think the manager is going to go anyway but that's amazing yeah but what i'm saying is if the if you only win 81 after doing what they did in the oh i i agree with mike i agree and i don't know what you do like personnel wise like 
You've just signed Cassi- Cassiano. You, you can't get rid of him. You're not going to get rid of Schwarber. Schwarber. You're not getting rid of Bryce. No, uh, the first baseman will go because he's going to be yeah, a free agent. But, and, and yeah, but and Segura will go. And yeah, they, well, Segura's. I think Segura's going anyway. I, I think he's 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 done. It's his last year of his contract. He's going. They're probably going to have to find a way to make room for Stott next year. They're going to get uh, rid of Didi. Yeah, but the third baseman right now is playing really well. You know, Mike, I don't disagree. And you're going to probably put Stott at short and you may keep Bohm. You may put Bohm at first. This team was not built to win 81 games. That's all I'm saying. It's not, but look, they've been around that range for five years now. So, right. But you added two pieces and, and, and you, you, you strengthen the bullpen a little bit. Um, I just think if this team, God forbid, only wins 81 games, which probably means they finish at least third in the division, right? Maybe fourth. Probably. That's not good. I mean, that's – and I'm not saying they're going to win a World Series this year. I don't mean that. But, my God, this well, team has to figure out a way. If you don't make the playoffs, let me put it this way. If you don't, it has to be because some team was better than you. You know, some team beat you out. Not that you – like the last couple of years where they kind of went in the tank the last week or two. They're off on Monday, Okay. They really begin a tough stretch, not necessarily on Tuesday, but on beginning next week. They get the Rangers at home, then the then the Mets are back here. They're going to be wait a minute. The Rangers stink. Yeah, no, no. I I'm not saying the Rangers. I'm saying beginning on Thursday, you get the Mets for four more. So you're going to be halfway done your schedule with the Mets. Yeah. On next on Mother's Day, okay. Yeah. And that's a good thing because Degrom hasn't faced you once. Right. And actually, they get them. They get them Memorial Day weekend too. You're going to be two thirds of the way through your schedule against the the Mets by Memorial Day. Um, Then they go to the West Coast. They go to the Mariners and Dodgers. They come back for the Padres and Dodgers. So yeah, yeah. But what again, Kevin? What if they beat the Mets three out of four next week? Oh, I. And what if they win tonight and they win two out of three in New York? I mean, you know, it's a baseball season. This is a baseball season. You have tough stretches. And you have stretches that aren't as tough. And, you know, we can sit here and look at a stretch where they play maybe 10 games against crappy teams, and maybe they lose six of those games. And then we're like, oh, my God. By the way, that will be June right now. (laughs) Their their schedule lightens up in June. I would be shocked if come September the 1st, they weren't fighting for something. What that is, whether it's a division or whether it's the – and we know goofy stuff happens in the Mets every year. We should oh, I, I don't rule it out. I do. Yeah. Th- I do think the one benefit the Mets have right now, boy, their manager's really good. I, I, yeah, I've we, always been. A, I've always in. been a Buck guy. So yeah, we knew that going in. I mean, the Mets on paper are probably the best team. They're probably the team to beat. But you know, check back with me on like you know, you know, June the first or July first, and let's see where we're at. I'm. I'm just not going to hit the panic button. And and the same way the other way. If God forbid the Phillies play great for three weeks, I'm not going to sit there and go, "Oh my God!" You know, let's start scheduling a parade route like people were doing with the Sixers, like when they went up 3-0 on Toronto. You know, oh, we're going to beat the Heat. Oh, we're going to beat the Bucks. Oh, we're going to beat. Okay, fine. How about we take it one step at a time? All right, I want to um, I want to bring a couple fun items here before we go. Okay, um, one, uh, Penn State named the new athletic director, um. It's the former Temple athletic director who was at Boston College, Patrick Kraft. Um, 
so basically the guy who gave you Jeff Collins and was he part of Rod uh, Carey? I believe so, but that but that that was you know the circumstances there were goofy because they had hired Diaz, right? So you can't really fault him too much because they had gotten Diaz. Well, Jeff Collins was okay, not great. Yeah. Well, he won eight games, I think, both years. All right. But he'll replace Sandy Barber uh, up at Penn State. Um, uh, good luck. Good luck to Patrick. Uh, that's not an easy program right now to run. Uh, because yeah, but see, I think Penn State runs itself. I, I know, I'm sure there are issues that I'm not aware of because I just don't cover Penn State. But if you're going to tell me that the athletic director of Penn State has anything to do with the success of men's football, I'll tell you you're an idiot. And what else matters at Penn State besides men's football? Uh, Absolutely nothing. Nothing. No. Basketball means a zero. Zero. Less than uh, zero. Now, you would make an argument because of the, the past history of the program. Women's basketball is pretty important on the women's side. Zero. Okay. Kevin, zero. I, men's football runs the university as most athletic programs of that ilk do. We know and one. We know matters. one thing. Patrick's not going to be able to change football coaches up there because that contract is pretty sealed. in even if he wanted to change coaches, so. yeah. But like again, it's the if the if the athletic director has anything to do with the success of your football program, something's wrong because it's the football coaches. That's his job. He's the main person at Penn State. Well, do you think that? Coach. Do you think that's universal? I mean, the guy at LSU, yeah. you have oh, to I give think, a lot of credit think, to. Uh, yeah, but I think like it's certain. Like let, let's say, let's say Ohio State, for instance. Ohio State's basketball program has been good. Right now, I know basketball makes you know a fifth of the money that football. I get all that, but there are some universities where men's basketball is really big, or in a very few cases because it makes no money. Women's basketball is really big. Right, like if I said to you right now, South Carolina, it's just coming off an NCAA title, going second in five years. Well, boy, women's basketball is really important to South Carolina. North Carolina. Does it make any money? No, it probably no, loses. probably not. Although it's going to be interesting because the the word is, and this leads to part story number two. Mark Emmert leaving the NCAA as of next June, so it'll be a new president for the NCAA. Do you want to throw your hat in the ring there, Mike? The, the sports, it, the whole world is changing right before our eyes. All this stuff with the NILs and things. I mean, the guy, kid at Miami, just got $800,000 to yeah. stay at Miami. It's people, this is what people wanted for years. They wanted uh, students to make, or athletes to make money. Mm-hmm. They wanted athletes to be able to transfer wherever they want and look at where we're at. Yeah. It's nuts. And don't you think that this had a little something to do with Jay Wright looking at this and saying, hmm, really? I got to recruit all my guys every year over again. Um, and can Villanova pay the same amount of money as Alabama? Well, that's a bad example because Alabama basketball. But I'm just saying, the whole world, and I don't think, I think the NCAA is going to lose a lot of their power, Kevin. I, I think yeah, I agree. I think there are people that would love to see a basketball commissioner like, like you have in baseball. You know what I'm saying? Some guy, whoever that, and I don't know who that would be. Like, I have no idea who would be responsible. So if there was an issue... That came about, you would go to the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's nobody to go to. You go to the NCAA. What, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and football should have a commissioner. And Nick, uh, Nick Saban came out like a week or two ago and said 
He thinks what's happening now, and Dabo Sweeney came out and said the same thing, that if, if, if the football cannot continue the way it's going. Yeah. And that's the two, two of the biggest coaches in college football right now, right, who yeah. actually can go out and probably recruit kids and give them, you know, NILs and all that kind of it's, – it's, it is just nuts. And, and maybe the way it was before was unfair to the student-athletes. I get it. But, man, now it's like open season. Uh, finally, and you know I love doing these stories that like make you know make you like chuckle and all that, right? Um, you may know the Wells Fargo Center this summer will undergo another part of its renovation. They are renovating the club level. Okay, Mike, tell me if this is a uh, something that would appeal to you to to buy tickets in the club level. Ready? Heated seats. An exclusive shopping area, four new bars, and life-size holograms. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm not the guy who's buying that ticket, Kevin. So you're asking the wrong person. Right. Because the person that's buying that ticket, those things... Now, I don't know what the life-size hologram has anything to do with anything. I, I don't... But... If you're paying to go there, you might like your own bar. Here you go. You might like your you might like your own shopping area, so you don't have to go out into the concourse and do whatever. And what was the other one? The heated seats. Hey, look, I I know some people like cars with heated. I, seats. I right? have the heated seats in my car. They're they're yeah. incredible in January. Okay, yes. so I don't know what they are like inside that building, like during a hockey game, if that's what you're going for. But yeah, I mean, well, pe- people who have money to spend, disposable income to spend sometimes want things that we may not think are, you know, all that. I, I want to go to see a game. When I go to, like, I went Monday night. Right. My son's company had tickets. Very good seats down the right field line. My grandson, uh, the two grandpops, my son. And we had a, we had a wonderful time watching baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandson's four and a half, so, you know, he's, he's, he's his mind's wandering all over the place and, he had his Bryce Harper jersey on. I said, Bryce Harper's going to hit a home run. And he did. He hit a home run. Um, but people, I go to the game to watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. Well, I don't want the scoreboard telling me when it's time to cheer, but that's what the scoreboard does now. Well, this this you know? club level, which is going to be open, like an open floor plan concept, as opposed to the individual boxes. And you've sat at boxes, I believe, for, in Wells Fargo, right? Right. I, I don't... I. I mean, is this where, like, a Comcast box would be? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yeah. Okay. So instead of having the walls between them, everybody is going to be in the same area. See, I thought the walls between were kind of what people wanted. It'll feature like, east and west bars in the lobby, okay? Yes. Yeah. Be, uh, bar tabletops will change from a Flyers game for an, a, an icy surface for a Flyers game to a painted lime maple hardwood top for a Sixer game. Life-size holograms of Flyers, Sixers, or musical stars will welcome guests to the bars depending on events. Wonderful. And somebody came up with this? Yes. Bar bar menus will feature team-specific cocktail offerings. Whatever. Like I said, Kevin, you're talking to the wrong person. (laughs) But again, I don't know if they, like, polled their fans. Like, I don't know. Did Did they poll the people... Like, did they go to the people at Comcast and say, because I used to think the setup at the Comcast was pretty nice. You know, I went there maybe 10 times, 
because I was fortunate enough to be doing daily news live and all. And they would, you know, I saw some concerts. I saw, yeah, some, I've seen some concerts in there. Yeah. And I thought it was a pretty nice setup. You know, you had like 15 people in, in the box, whatever and next box. Next, you had 15 people and you had a person that was there, like a waiter or waitress and you had some food, yeah. you had some drink and it was nice. But again, I, I don't care about how, maybe some people do. You know, I mean, did it? Did, is there anything about what they're going to charge for these things? Ah, here you go. Two hundred and forty. There's, there's sixteen hundred seats that are part of a multi-year season ticket contract. Four seating options are two hundred eighteen dollars a game for two hundred forty-eight seats with insert seat service of any food or beverage location in the ear, area. Playoff tickets are included in the price of the seat. Uh, it's already sold out for next year. Thousand seats are going to go for one eighty-three. Have in-seat service to the club level menu. Uh, another group uh, with the heated seats are going to be 160, which will have a ledge uh, to support dining and drinks and USB ports for charging yeah, but devices. You, you can't buy individual games, Kevin. Don't you have to buy this for the whole the, year? This is a season ticket package so primarily. You're, you're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Easily. Uh, but again, if Comcast does that, they're making an investment. Yeah, they are. It's, it's not. It's not like you and me and our three neighbors are buying one. No, but the thing is, also, you can now get them on the secondary market for when they don't. When they, I, yeah, I, I have no. Like I said, I used to love going to the Comcast <clears throat> box. It spoiled me. Yeah, I, I could sit there. Uh, it was, you know, I'd be sitting. Maybe a Michael Barkan might be sitting with me, or people yeah. I didn't even know were sitting with me. Um, and, but we had a good time. You talked to the people. You had a bite to eat. Uh, maybe I'm, mean, I'm not a drinker, you know me, but I yeah. mean, I, you know, I drink my diet Coke. Maybe I'd have a beer. Um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it, but what this new thing's going to be, I have no idea, but you know, this is the new world there, we live in. Now. There is. And, and I got to give credit to the Philadelphia business journal where the story came out, uh, this week, John George is the writer. Um, the reason they're doing all this is because they know that the Sixers lease ends in seven years. Right, yeah. yeah. And they're worried. They want the Sixers to keep going in the building, obviously, because they don't want to have to face competition for arena acts and all that. So this is what the end result is. So I'd be worried, too. Yeah. I I don't know what the Sixers are thinking, but you told me a couple years ago that the Sixers were probably going to be looking at a facility to call their very own. Uh, And I don't know why this would change anything. If the Sixers want their own building, whether it's in South Jersey Delaware Navy County, Yard, yeah, wherever, um, and they can arrange the financing or figure out how to do it. Yep, they're probably going to do it. But seven years from now, these Sixers could have new owners. Sixer spokesperson said the organization is continuing to explore options in Philadelphia for when its lease expires in nine years. Yeah, yeah. while well, adding the team enjoys a great partnership with Comcast Spectacore. Of course they do. I mean, they've been there for yeah. Look. It, it's it's how business is done in every every city. It's it's you know you, you and look you for and leverage. I ta- you and I talked about this a year ago. That timetable comes quick. It may be nine years to the end of the lease, but you got to with the way politics moves in this area. Oh no, you got you got you yeah. got to start going now. But I think first of all, the Sixers as an organization have to sit there and say, "Do we want our own building?" It's always been a Flyers building. It was yep. Ed Snyder's building. They're tenants. Now, I don't think of them as tenants. I think of them as both playing there. Yeah. Right? I, I think of the Sixers and the Flyers. And when they moved in, they were both owned by Comcast Spectacor at that point. Right. 
But if so, if you're the Sixers, that's the first question you have to ask. What are the benefits of us having our own building somewhere, whether it's in South Jersey, whether, you know, wherever we decide that we can put it. Uh, and if the answer is yes, then all this talk is mute because yeah. then they're going to be looking for a place. I mean, what are you going to do? So you're going to go to to um, the people that own the, the center in two, three years and say, yeah, we'll stay if you give us this yeah. and that. Well, what can you give them? You can't. Like, what, I, yeah, I, I mean, I... The only thing you, you can know, give I, them is that you don't have to invest in the infrastructure of... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure of hiring, you know, staff and building yeah. and all that. But the problem, I mean, the, the good the part problem, is you get all the profits there, too. The only problem I see with having two teams play in one building, and I'm guessing if I went around the whole United States, Canada, I, I don't know. Do most teams, like if I went to Minnesota, do the hockey team and the basketball team no, play they're different in the buildings. Minnesota, okay. Minnesota's, the, I'm going off the top of my head. Minnesota's a different building. Okay. Uh, he, uh, 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 Dallas is the same building. Going off, uh, Miami's a different building. L.A. How about L.A.? L.A. is all in the same building. Chicago, same building. New York okay. is same building. Boston, same building. Right. Yeah. So the only advantage I can see, and I'm not talking monetarily now because I don't know the, the, the financials. The only advantage I can see to having two separate buildings is you never have a conflict of dates, right? But it seems to me the Sixers play a lot of Friday nights. Mm-hmm. The the Flyers never play Friday night. Theirs are all Saturdays, Sundays. And I'm sure there are times you have conflicts, especially in playoffs maybe. You know, we've seen sometimes where they had to play like, you know, maybe the Sixers play in the afternoon and the Flyers play right. at night. Or vice versa, and, Saturday, and Saturdays tend to be the one day that overlaps a lot. Right. But if you're talking to, to me and telling me what the cost of a new building in the year 2025 is, Probably. I have no idea. Is it a billion dollars? Probably over a billion, I would think, at this point. Okay. So is it worth spending a billion dollars? Yeah. Now, look at it the other way. That building opened in 1996, right? Yeah. Okay. In another 10 years or so, 15 years, you know somebody will tell me that building's obsolete. I would have told you that about two years ago, three years ago. That's right. But So what I'm saying is, so you're going to go build one, and then at some point somebody's going to build another one, and who is paying for this? I don't. I don't have those answers. No. Nope. You know. So, so. I, I, I like I said, but as far as all that stuff they're doing that you started this conversation with, I could care less. I enjoyed it when I got when I was privileged enough to be able to Same go here. Podcast, and but again, I'm not. Some guy making million dollars, you know, going down there. And I, I'm, I'm used to seeing things in a lap of luxury. And and I always thought the privacy of being in one of those boxes outweighed. It seems to me what you were kind of reading was that it's not going to be private anymore. Well, the one level is not going to be private. It's going to be an open. Yeah, I, that floor mean, I don't know that. To me, the thing the thing that you were paying for was that it was private. Your own bathroom and everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, but again, you know, these decisions are made way, way, way above my pay grade. Yep. So, um, so we are. You ba- know what would help, Kevin? What? Here's what would help: if the two teams playing in the building were winning. Wow. And I'm not saying the Sixers don't win. I don't mean that. The Flyers have been a joke for a decade, and this year it was the biggest joke of all. Right. 
Yeah, well, great, great I, the players were apologizing to the fans, and this ownership group. The one guy came out the other day to and said, oh, "We're not going to fire the GM. Why would we fire the GM? I don't know, because you stunk. You know, they're going to throw it at you. This is going to be the whole thing. We had injuries. We're only a couple of pieces. And in the NHL, sometimes that can be true. Yeah, you know, you you could make the playoffs next year, but really, after that kind of season, they're going to throw that at you." How dreadful they were. Well, they were the fourth worst team in the league this year. Hey, Kevin, if Provrov gives up the puck one more time in his own zone. Oh, Mike, though, he, he got snippy on, on on Saturday. He was Mr. Hey, well, you all. I'm not Mr. Hockey, right? Okay, I mean, I, I, I can talk. I know, But if I read one more story, game story, where Provrov gave up the puck in his own zone, I saw about five or six or seven of them. He's supposed to be their best yeah. defenseman. I mean, by, you know, by the what way, what am I missing? By the way, my favorite event in sports, well, besides March Madness, starts tomorrow. What's I, that? I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. Stanley Cup playoffs are good, but I don't think anybody in Philadelphia cares. Care. No, we're we're a town that once our teams are eliminated, uh, the NBA. I think they'll follow more because it's the NBA and it's stars and all that kind of thing. Nobody will care about the NHL playoffs. There, there's, there. First of all, all playoffs are good. Baseball playoffs are yep. good. NFL playoffs are good. But playoffs are different, whole different world. Hockey but playoffs hockey, are just something about unreal. hockey. Real. And I hate. Look, I hate one zero games. I'm not the big one, but in the playoffs, a one zero game or a two one game can be really, really, really yep. captivating. And there's no shootouts. No. <laughs> and there are, and there are a couple great series. Lightning Maple Leafs. Um, could be off the charts good. Uh, Penguins, when Rangers. They, when are they playing? Their first round. They start tomorrow night. How can the Lightning and Maple Leafs be first round? How? Because they were they finished second and third in their divisions. Wow. Because I know th- this is like the Maple Leafs bet. The Maple Leafs yeah. lost to the, the Canadians right last year in the yeah. first round. And it was Maple like, Leafs and, have and not. Maple Leafs have 16. not advanced. It's sixteen years since they've advanced out of the first round. Are you serious? Yes. Wow, I sixteen knew years since they advanced out of the first round, and sixty-seven was their last cup. Sixty-seven was their last cup. The last time they reached the second round was the year they lost to the Flyers on the Jeremy Roenick overtime goal uh, in 04. Have they been to the finals since sixty-seven? I don't think they have. No. Yeah, I didn't think they had. Um, and they got one of the best players in the game, right? Yeah. And you got Penguins, um, you got Penguins Rangers. But, but the Lightning are two-time defending champs, right? Yep. You got Penguins Rangers, you got Stars Flames, you got Kings Oilers. Just some really good matchups did, did in this. The, did the Capitals make the playoffs? Yeah, they are. They're going to play a Florida. They okay. they're they're going to be they're going to be out and, and and we're rooting for Claude Drew, right? That's the rooting interest. That is the rooting interest for most. Flyers. Do they have a legit shot? They're the best team in the league right now. Okay. And Drew's been playing well for them, right? They've played well since he got there. Okay. Yeah. I think it's one of them. He has a ton of assists, but not necessarily. And I think their power play has been really good with him. Yeah. If, if I'm not they, were 50, they were 58, 18, and 6. So, I mean, they they were really good at the end of the year. Uh, but playoffs are a different animal. You know, a lot of times you see that first oh, especially seed. Especially in hot. I mean, oh. the hockey, one reason why the hockey playoffs are so good. Because you normally see a six, a seven, or an eight seed just get nuts. You, you and, don't, like, we look at basketball. You can pretty much determine in basketball. 
I mean, this year's a little wide open. Yeah. Um, but some years you can pretty much say, hey, you know, these four teams have a shot. Everybody else is kind of just playing. Um, especially when the Warriors were real good, you know, and then LeBron's teams were real good. They got to the finals every year. But in hockey, you really don't know. Now, I mean, I know the Lightning were probably the best, one of the best teams the last couple of years before they won it. But some years, I mean, you really, really don't know. The Blues, right? The Blues three years ago, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that was nuts. Yeah. They were the worst team in the league in January. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they win the cup. And and I think, and I know it's corny and everything, but I still think that handshake thing they do is... Still one of the best things. Absolutely. I think it is. And I, I know we've had some issues this year with, you know, the thing with Michigan basketball and Wisconsin. And then people were like, should we shake hands? I just think, and you know there's some guys going down that line that want to hit the guy, right, as they're shaking their hand. But some of those handshakes are really, really heartfelt. I'll never forget the one in 74 when the Rangers and the Flyers had that great seven-game semifinals. Yeah, rough. And Bernie Perron and Eddie Jockman, the two goalies, Mm. shook hands and hugged each other. Yeah. I mean, and, and you just sat there and you're like, wow, this is really pretty cool. Yep. Um. You know, and then, then look, they get to lift the Stanley Cup and skate it around. And, yeah. you know, the NBA, you know, they don't run the trophy. I mean, it's the only sport that it really does that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Pretty and, much. and unfortunately, we have nothing in this town to even remotely no. let us know what that what that's like. It's, there are people, you realize, Kevin, there are people in this town, and I mean fairly like middle-aged people, who have no clue. Like when you talk about the 74 and 75, I mean, they might have heard about it or... They Mike, heard people talk about Mike, it. I was two. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I was born in seventy three. I was a year and a half when they won in seventy five. It's it's like kind of how I feel about the sixty seven Sixers, or was it the sixty eight sixty seven Sixers? I was nine, and I wasn't really into basketball. I was just. I have a memory of every other team in this city winning a title. Now Sixers in eighty three get a little fuzzy at this point, right? Flyers are the one I don't. Yeah, and like for me, it's the '67 Sixers. I just don't. What what and made and what it made it easy for a long time with the Phillies was, or I'm sorry, with the Flyers was, the idea that they were so close. In, when I was growing up in the mid '80s, sure. and they were clo- yeah, sure. they, they were in the finals. Yeah. They were regular. Yeah, you know, they got screwed in '80. It, a lot of people felt with the offsides and all that. '85, '87. You know, they lost to Edmonton, which was one of the greatest teams of all time. '97, you get swept. '97 was disappointing. And then yeah. 10, obviously. But, you know, in retrospect, it's funny, 97, Kevin, Detroit was really good. Detroit was really good. We didn't know it at the time, right? Mm-hmm. We, and and they'd beaten the Rangers and Gretzky in the, in the semis. And the Flyers had and, no goaltending in 97. No, but they had Lindros. So, you know, we were, you know, whatever. Uh, and then the, the close call when Brad, when they were up 3-1 against the, against the uh, Jersey, and Brad Stevens took out Lindros in game Scott seven. Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens, I'm sorry. Brad Stevens um, took him out. That would have been a bigger story. Yeah, and but and that was what 2000 or 2001. I'm not yep. sure. It was one of those years. And then of course we had 2010, which was you know yep. the miracle on ice. Yep. Just about, but yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> but again, you think about it. The Flyers have been to I think five Stanley Cup Finals or four since the Sixers were were won a title. So the Sixers actually have had. I mean, I know the Flyers drafts longer in terms of when they won the cup. It's four, it's four straight. It's four titles since then. Four, but but if you count eighty, see, I, I 
lump kind of well, but they yeah, but, but eighty but eighty three was the year that the Sixers right. won. Right, I understand that. I get it. And but they went in eighty and well, they the, went in seventy six. Yeah, they didn't win. Flyers have um, lost six straight appearances in the finals. The Sixers have more or less stunk for forty years. Yeah, more or less. I mean, they had two thousand and one. They've been decent the last three or four years. You know, with the and all right. that. Barkley's years weren't bad. No. But they never won any. They never came close to winning anything. No, nah, they lost. The the, they went to the second round once. The Flyers made the finals twice against one of the best teams in the history yep. of the league. Yeah. I mean, the 87 Edmonton team was was probably, and they took them to seven freaking games. Yeah. Um, You know, so I don't know. I mean, it's yep. just, it, uh, it is what it is. But I, two years old, huh? Two years old. Wow, man. Was your dad a Flyers fan? Oh yeah, my dad. So did he, my dad was so a Flyers he, and a Phillies guy. Okay, so your dad has obviously told you about the '74 and '75 team. I went to the parade in '74. At two years old. Wow. At, at one, no, no. At, at like six months old. Wow. They took That's they impressive. took me to Independence Hall. They have a picture of me. I have obviously no recollection of it. Um, you realize we might have only been a few feet apart. I would have been drooling. I, I would have been drooling and probably. Man. Going into my diaper, so I was somewhere down. I I, I want to say like eighth and market. I'm I'm not or eighth and yeah. chestnut. Or I can't it, remember. It got it years. got real bad. It got bad so bad to the point that my my mom like said nope and went right back on the <laughs> and got home. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it got a little. That was that was to me the best parade ever because there there was no rhyme or reason. All the flyers were drunk. It was great. It, it the, uh, the city just didn't know what to do. No. Um, and, and that was the great part about it. And, you know, I'm starting to like the Sunday nights because we can wrap things up and look ahead and all that. So hopefully we do whatever we want. Yeah. And we can. So we're looking maybe next Sunday night. We'll do this again. And that way it's on your car ride in on Monday morning. So you can uh, have a listen. Um, OK, man. I hope so, you're going to the banquet tomorrow so I can get a I'm, ride over. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I hey, had a busy else? weekend. I had prom this weekend, Mike. Yeah, well. There, you know, there is uh, it was a great. It was a great venue to have it. By the way, we were at the aquarium. Okay, and you know, it was an awesome, awesome time. Took my wife over. We had a great time. As long as the kids had a good time, kids that's all had a great time. <laughs> until until word of Embiid's injuries started to trickle through on their on their it's, phones. <laughs> See, I can't do the roller coaster anymore, Kat. That The problem with this city is, and it's probably every city, but the last two weeks, I'm, I'll just use an example. Last two, it's been a roller, roller coaster. Roller coaster, yeah, it is. We're great. We're going to the, we're, go, we're winning the championship. Oh, my God. No, we're not. Oh, we're, well, we're I've never been Toronto. that, but go ahead. Oh, we beat Toronto. Oh, and beats yeah. hurt now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. Yep. And the one thing I'll say about the Flyers is nobody cared about them for the last three months. So, well, it was, was funny no hearing goal. everybody complain about Friday night. Oh, the Eagles taking a center and and be dumb for the playoffs, which you may not be. And and, and the Phillies no get hit. no hit, no hit. And and oh yeah, the Flyers play. <laughs> so, um, when anyway. was the last time the Phillies were no hit? I was trying to figure that out. Josh Beckett, uh, two thousand fourteen. Okay, I had forgotten. When the I last time before that, that was? Bob For- Bob Forsh, nineteen seventy eight. It had been that long, really? Yes. They were the wow. second longest team without being yeah. no hit. Because I don't remember the Phillies getting no hit much. You, you no, know, but well, I, I lose track of it. So. I think it's. Tw- I think that was the 20th no hitter against the Phillies, but a lot of them were early. 
They had a stretch in the seventies right. where they got no hit, like I think three times, and then yeah, really, yeah. But, yeah and then after the Bob Force thing, it literally took like twenty seven years. I was at a no hitter that the Phillies threw. Um, who was the left handed guy that threw the no hitter? Terry like, Mulholland. Was it Terry? It might have been. Yeah, against the Giants. Yeah. Was that the one where the third baseman made the, the last Charlie play Hayes, yeah. Yeah, I was at that game. I have... What year was that, Kevin? 89? No, nah, it was 90? in the 90s. 90? It? Yeah, it was in the 90s, I thought. I covered uh, the Millwood no-hitter. I covered the Doc no-hitter. Yeah, I, I watched the Doc. Yeah, Doc I, Well, I covered the playoff no-hitter. I didn't cover the perfect game. In fact, I still have the ticket from that game. Right. I kept the ticket. I don't know why. I, um... I covered the and I covered the uh, the the Beckett no hitter. Um, the 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 funny part about here was a stat. I'll, I'll go off on this one. So that was the second no hitter in Mets history. Okay, Johan right, Santana. Johan Santana. Right, going who, the, ruined his, who ruined his career by throwing one hundred and ninety five pitches. pitches. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay. The Mets have had the Mets had going into the ninth thing. This stat was tweeted out. I think it was Tyler Kepner of the New York Times. The Mets have had four no hitters broken up in the ninth inning in their history. Four of them. Tom Tom Seaver had one. Tom Seaver had all of them. Oh, all of them? All of them. Oh, because I remember he had a perfect game. Um, it might have been the '69 season. Yeah, I'm not sure. And somebody broke it up. Some guy on the Cubs, like a utility infielder or something, calls right. Uh, broke Tom Seaver had four no hitters with the Mets all broken up in the ninth inning. Wow, I didn't realize that. Wow, it's pretty impressive. Hey, by the way, this guy the Phillies got this Caramunga or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, he can he can feel man. Yeah. Woo! He just well, made somebody on that team has stuff. to. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. So, yeah. all right, Michael. Okay, babe. I hope to see you tomorrow. But if I don't, be good. Yep. All right. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. We will see you next Sunday. This has been Look on the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine pop.